Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of two living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my interview with author Katherine Winch. Katherine is the author of the new book, Slay Like a Mother. And not only is this book a wonderful resource for mothers, but it is for anyone that deals with that self-doubt and negativity. Katherine has been featured on the Today Show, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Fast Company, and she's also the founder of the Mom Complex. She's dedicated this season of her life to helping mothers destroy the dragon of self-doubt, which is something we'll discuss here in the episode. But before we get to that interview, I wanted to remind you that if you are enjoying this podcast, to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It helps other mothers that are looking for a great resource on minimalism and how to live with less to find this content. The latest review we have is from Stuff Slayer. She says, just right. I drive a few hours a day. I've been listening to podcasts nearly nonstop at a one and a half speed the last few days so I can listen to more. I love the fact that y'all are not perfect minimalists because life can get crazy. Definitely giving me that push that I needed to get rid of all this stuff. Hashtag addicted. Well, thank you so much for that review, Stuff Slayer. And I can definitely relate to listening to things at one and a half speed, sometimes double time. It's mostly the celebrity interviews that I just kind of want to binge and maybe not focus fully on, but I'm right there with you. So now here is the interview with Catherine. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Diane. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Minimalist Moms podcast. So before we get into all the questions, I want to ask about your book, Slay Like a Mother. I wanted to give you the opportunity to just share a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do. Absolutely. Well, uh, my name is Katherine Winch, and I am the founder and CEO of a company called The Mom Complex. And we consult with mostly Fortune 500 companies to help them develop better products and experiences and employment opportunities for mothers. And um, I am also the author of Slay Like a Mother, which you just mentioned. And that is a newly released self-help book and personal empowerment book to help women around the world slay what I refer to as their dragon of self-doubt. It's interesting because prior to reading your book, I didn't realize how much I personally struggled with self-doubt. And I think it's helpful to grab resources such as these to somewhat put that into perspective and see, hey, maybe this isn't necessarily a great thing that I thought was just normal, but how do I combat this on the regular? And I'm curious as to what kind of began your research and study into self-doubt and motherhood. And I was wondering if it was personal for you. Yeah, absolutely. It became very personal, but it started when a professional opportunity kind of led to a personal epiphany. So in my role as CEO of the Mom Complex, I spend most of my waking hours studying the lives of mothers. And several years ago, I had the opportunity to study mothers in 17 countries around the world. I was a young mother myself. My children were around the same age, two and four, that that your kids are now. And what I realized in that research was that the number one emotion that all moms had in common around the world was self-doubt. And I heard... um, 
just ongoing stories of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not mom enough. And it really resonated with me personally. And and to be honest, before that, I thought I was the only mother that, you know, felt like a trash fire and everybody else had everything all figured out. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing that women all around the world felt the same way was extraordinarily liberating to me and told me that, you know, or suggested to me that, um, you know, if we're all filled with doubt, then why don't we talk about the doubt? Why do we have to hide it behind mask, a mask and pretend like we have everything going on? And so it was it was hugely personal for me because I suffered from what, again, I referred to as a dragon of self-doubt for 20 years of my life from age 15 to 35. And um, I figured out how to slay it. And now I want to help other women do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And you, as you said, you refer to this, you use this metaphor and you refer to the self-doubt as slaying the dragon. So what made you come up with this particular metaphor when comparing a dragon to self-doubt? The metaphor of the dragon, you know, one is that when you're fighting self-doubt, it's it's really all-consuming. And if the voice in your head every day is saying, I suck, I'm not good enough, I'm not wife enough, you know, I'm not smart enough it really can wear you down. And so metaphorically, it seemed kind of appropriate that there would be this beast inside of you. But then more importantly, I fell in love with the metaphor because it made my personal story of turning my self-doubt into self-compassion and overcoming 20 years of um, incredible negative self-talk towards myself. It made my journey feel heroic and not sad. So in other words, instead of like, oh, woe is me, I suffered from self-doubt for so long. It sounded a little wimpy, but when I started to think of myself as a dragon slayer and I had conquered this beast, I think women would be proud to say that they are dragon slayers and not embarrassed by it. No, I I agree. And I think that we don't realize the weight that self-doubt has in our day-to-day sometimes. I think that being a mother is obviously very difficult and I tend to second guess myself constantly. And how do I resist the negative defeating self-talk when it comes to the decisions I'm making? If I'm trying to overcome or slay this dragon, how can I speak to myself in a more loving way when I'm dealing with all of these frustrations? Yeah, that's a great question. And in the book, I talk about the very distinct difference between struggling and suffering. So struggling is brought on by the external forces in your life. So disciplining your children, getting enough sleep, you know, driving the carpool, fixing dinner, those are all struggles and all mothers have them. But we dip down into suffering when we yell at ourselves and we beat ourselves up because our kids don't eat enough broccoli or we're convinced that they're going to be you know, in jail by the time they're 16 because they can't pass their math test. <laughs> and the, the interesting thing that my research shows is that the suffering is at our own hand. You know, mm-hmm. nobody can make you feel bad about yourself without your permission. And that's where your negative self-talk comes in. So I would tell you one piece of advice is you have to recognize that all mothers struggle, that whatever you're dealing with is normal. But what happens is we suffer because we believe we're the only one. We believe mm-hmm. other parents, you know, are better at disciplining their children or their children don't throw tantrums. And that's just not the case. And so struggling is the goal. So you should commend yourself for struggling, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, good, look at me, I'm struggling. Because 
sets the goal and it's unrealistic to think you're going to get through life without struggling. But then um, there's an entire chapter in the book on how to teach the mean voice in your head some manners. Mm -hmm. And the first step on that goal is you have to hear it. You have to hear what you're saying to yourself in order to stop it, meaning that the negative self-talk. And the problem is for most of us, we just breeze through life and we yell at ourselves all day and we don't realize we're doing it. And as mothers, we're terrified of our child being bullied or, heaven forbid, bullying someone else, but we bully ourselves mm-hmm. all day, every day. So the first step is hear yourself saying it and then redirect it towards a friend. And I'll give you an example. I was giving a speech the other day about the, uh, the book, and I was showing a video of different moms, and I was in the video. And it came up on the screen And I didn't say anything out loud, but the voice in my head was like, God, Catherine, you look awful. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, you know, so A, I heard it. I didn't just allow it to happen. But then secondly, I said, okay, how can I redirect that statement towards a friend? What would I say to a girlfriend who said I look terrible in that video? So I said to myself, you know what, Catherine, you don't look great in that video, but some days you do. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's the acknowledgement of it, but then it's directing it towards someone that you love. And you wouldn't say, oh my gosh, you look terrible, you know, to a friend. Yeah, it's so hard to get to that point to where we're recognizing those voices and negativity in our lives. Yeah, and don't try to, you know, solve it all in one day. I mean, many of us are high achievers, you know, high performers, may want to just like fix it overnight. But for now, it's enough to just hear it. It's enough to be like, damn, girl, you know, Mm -hmm. that was mean. Mm -hmm. And, um, And that's a huge step forward because awareness is you know, half the goal towards stopping it. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you think that this is, this can tend to be more of a personality type that would affect self-doubt? Well, I, I talk about in the book that 20% of the population is considered highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I'm one of those people. I've never been you know, tested for it, but I'm extraordinarily sensitive. So I think if, if, if you tend to be very sensitive, then things can kind of stick to you more than they might somewhere, someone else. But also the research shows that, that self-doubt is far more likely to occur in women instead of men. And one of that, one of the reasons is our hard wiring. So the male brain um, uses 10 times more gray matter, um, which is kind of think of it as like one-way roads, destination, kind of not simple thoughts, but they're not comp- overcomplicating things where women's brains use more white matter, which is kind of the intersections. And so we tend to ruminate on things more. We stew on things more. We worry about things more. And so that's, of course, where self-doubt comes from when you're kind of second-guessing the decisions Mm -hmm. that you make. And then the second thing I'll say about that is, according to my research, everybody has a negative voice in their head, male, female, young, old, it doesn't matter. Um, research shows that it starts around five years old when your self-esteem is equivalent to that of an adult. But in men's minds, often the the negative self-talk is critical, but it's not cruel. Hmm. So in a woman's head, it's like, you're fat, you're ugly, you suck. You know, I often ask women to share the last terrible thing they said to themselves, and it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific, where it's more likely that a man would answer that question of mine by saying, you know, come on, dude, do better. It's critical, 
but it's not cruel. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Right. I can totally see how my husband is very much different than me in that manner. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When my husband read the book, he, he just closed the book at the end and he said, are you sure other women feel this way? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm positive. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies, I need to tell you about Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes, all the things that we need once a month. The company was founded on a simple idea. Women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. We really should care about the ingredients that are in these products. With Lola, you get 100% natural ingredients. When I found out that major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. I was happy to know that companies like Lola actually exist because products are free of these added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, and dyes. Plus Lola makes your month simpler, which you know I'm all about here on the Minimalist Moms podcast. You'll receive a monthly subscription box, which is fully customizable, full of only the things you actually need and use. I also really love that with every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I love that a small, discreet box is delivered right to my front door each month because, to be honest, I'm typically forgetting little things such as that at the grocery store. So how helpful is that? It's a subscription box that I'm happy to have because it keeps me on top of something that is needed. So for 40% off your first month subscription, go to mylola.com and enter MINIMAL in all caps when you subscribe. Now let's get back to today's episode. So as our children are growing older, and because I feel like right now I struggle with self-doubt maybe more than I would as they're growing. And I'm just wondering, like, is this going to get better as they grow? Am I going to be more confident with myself Mm -hmm. as a mom? Or is this something that I'm going to never grow out of? Is it a season or what do you think? Well, I'll start by saying that my research shows that 75% of the time, a woman's self-doubt originates during or before adolescence. So that's something really important to know is that your self-doubt or anybody listening, your self-doubt didn't originate in motherhood. Like having children and giving birth didn't also make you, didn't all of a sudden make you question yourself. And so it typically is born during adolescence where something happened and it, it cut you hard or hurt you deep. And it can be anything from abuse and neglect all the way to somebody making fun of you because you pronounced a word wrong, you know, in the third grade. It can come from almost anywhere. And so it's important to, to think about that and, and what your journey has been comprised of in terms of self-doubt. But I would say that um, according to my research, it's very heightened when your children are young because you're you're comparing milestones with other mothers. My child's not walking yet. They couldn't breastfeed. You know, there, there's a lot of comparisons going on. Um, I would tell you that it's very likely to get worse when your children are teenagers mm-hmm. because they need you less. And the decisions that you're making as a parent have considerably deeper consequences than if you just kind of get something wrong and they're a baby. 
And then I would say that um, kind of post-menopause, I definitely see women being like, oh my God, I can't believe I beat myself up for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, what was I doing? So I think it's going to ebb and flow, self-worth, self-esteem, so that when that happens, it doesn't affect you as much as maybe it would have when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, don't ever be above getting help. I mean, I wrote a book on this, but I'm still not perfect at it, and it's still a practice. And so, as I'm entering the teenage years, my husband and I last night were like, I think we're going to have to go see a parenting coach who's somebody that we saw when the kids were younger. And um, and now we feel like we need a refresher to figure out how to, you know, get through these challenging times. And so it's not kind of one and done. You don't just mm-hmm. clean your hands of this. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. So kind of sticking with the idea of our children growing. This is something that I just do not want for my daughter, Charlotte or Martin, but I want to combat that critical voice in their heads. And how would you suggest that I do that with my children? That's a a great question. And the the final chapter in my book is called Raising Dragon Slayers. Mm -hmm. And once you've slayed your own dragon, I share some tips and tricks for how to help um, prevent a dragon from being born in your children, or um, at least helping them become aware of it and how to combat it. So what I would suggest is even at, you know, the young age of your children, um, one of the things that I do with my kids is every day when I'm putting them to bed, we talk about our peak and our pit Hmm. from the day. Mm -hmm. So the high point and the low point. And we do it separately, you know, one at a time. And what it does for you and your children is it teaches you all that every day has highs and lows and every day is not perfect. Like every day is going to have something that sucks and you want to understand what that is for your child. Like what is the pit of their day? And you will learn a lot from what that pit is, but it encourages them to talk about their pit, talk about the bad things. I think too many mothers in in our generation grew up in a household where they couldn't talk about tough things and everything was Pollyanna, happy, happy, joy, joy. And we have to allow our children to talk about the tough times. And then it'll also show your children that their mother has bad days and their mother has pits. And they need to see that and hear that because the greatest gift that you can give your children is to allow them to see and embrace and talk about the tough times. Otherwise, they're going to stuff it down and, you know, just explode one day. Mm-hmm. Normalizing that, that that's normal and that we all feel yes. that way. And that, you know, if you're doing your peak and pit on a Tuesday night, it's also telling them that, guess what, tomorrow on Wednesday, you're going to have a pit. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something in your day that stinks. Mm-hmm. And um, I also find that doing it at night during bedtime is much calmer for me. Mm-hmm. So if my kids were all of a sudden talking about a pit that somebody, you know, picked on them at school and I was in the middle of making dinner or helping with homework, I think I wouldn't respond in the most compassionate way. But at nighttime, I feel like I, I can respond better. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. I feel the same way. Again, my kids are young, but if I'm picking them up from school, that's when I feel like they need to just kind of maybe be quiet and debrief mentally for themselves without me poking and prodding them about their days. Like, what's your pit now? And I feel like that could, it could escalate very quickly (laughs) if you're doing it right then. Absolutely. That's a great point. Great point. It allows them time to kind of decompress. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to come back around, hopefully at that time where you said, where we're all a little bit more relaxed. Yes, absolutely. 
Okay, so what are some practical tips that you have for defeating self-doubt on the daily? And as you said, you don't think it's necessarily realistic to completely rid ourselves of doubt, but like what would quieting this dragon look like in the day-to-day? Yeah, I'll share two tips that you can just do on a, a daily, you know, practice. Um, the first one is to to list out all the things in your life that are new to you right now. So, for example, you know, you're expecting another child that's new for you. It's the first time in your life you've had two kids. You're expecting another one. And so that's new to you. But what else is new? You know, for anybody listening, it could be you're starting a new job. You're going through a divorce. You've been diagnosed with breast cancer. But make a list of those things and, and put them up somewhere you can physically see because the problem is when we go through transitions and new experiences in our life, we expect to just nail them right out of the gate. You know, I'm going to nail this stage of my life. I'm going to take on this new job and be a great mom. And we don't give ourselves grace to make mistakes, you know, during that time or to be a rookie. We just think we should be a professional mom and we should be amazing at it. So um, when I have women do this in some of my workshops, it's really eye-opening, and and that can reduce your self-doubt because you've set more realistic expectations that you don't need to be perfect, you know, through times of change. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing um, that I do is um, I I I I'll tell you an example. Like when my kids were your kids' age, and I would come home at night, and I'd been working all day, and then the kids would start fussing and fighting, and it would infuriate me. I just feel like uh, immediately my blood pressure is boiling. I'm yelling at everybody. And I realized that it was because I had an expectation that my children shouldn't fuss and fight and argue. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing to change that mindset is every night when I walk in my front door and I grab the doorknob up to my, my house, I say to myself, I expect things to get messy. Mm. And then I walk in the house and then 20 minutes later, when my children are, you know, wrestling each other to the ground over a teddy bear, I then say, oh, that's right. I expected this Mm -hmm. instead of why am I raising, you know, animals for children? And, you know, Becky doesn't yell at her kids when they fight. It just starts like such a dangerous cycle. So setting the expectation that you expect something to be hard. Mm -hmm. Um, The last example I'll give on that one that was when I was writing this book, it's 75,000 words. I had never written a book before. But by the time I got on chapter 10, I started kind of beating myself up for not being faster or better at Mm -hmm. it. And so I wrote in a post-it note, I expect this to be hard. And I put it on my computer screen Mm -hmm. and I left it there for months so that when it was hard, I reminded myself that I was expecting it to be hard. Mm -hmm. And when we expect things to be easy, we expect to perform them perfectly. And that's just a recipe for suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like calling it out again, as you said, to just define it and call it out before it starts to go down a really terrible path. Yeah, I think we expect so much out of ourselves and it really is just continually pushing towards that. Yeah, and it can even be a minor moment. Maybe you're going to dinner with your mother-in-law and you know that she's going to get under your skin and, you know, irritate you. And so on the way to dinner, just say, I expect that I'm going to get irritated. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, like, you know, once a first-time mom, always a first-time mom. So, like I said, I'm entering the teenage years. I don't know. I don't know how to raise teenagers. Mm -hmm. Never done that before. You know, my mom is still a mom. She doesn't know everything. 
about being a mother and a grandmother. And so just giving ourselves that grace to, you know, learn and grow and, and figure things out because unfortunately there's, there's not a lot of cumulative effect in motherhood. In other words, you know, raising a three-year-old doesn't really prepare you to raise a 13-year-old at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you have to be willing for things to, to be hard. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Well, before we wrap things up here, I want to ask you two questions that I've been asking every guest. And the first question for you I have is, what is something you're simplifying right now? Or aka, what is your minimalist moment of the week? I would say one of the things I'm simplifying right now is um, exercise. So I used to kind of bop around town and go to different yoga studios, different cycling studios and all that. And it was was really time consuming. I found myself not doing it as much. And so I've started working out at home. And so, you know, my minimalist moment is not, you know, dragging myself all over town and just doing like 20 or 30 minutes in my basement um, it seems to be more likely that I would do it mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem, you know, it's such a, an inconvenience and um, so far so good. Yeah. I feel like I, hopefully that gets not easier because I know it's still hard. You have to still make the time for working out, but I, every time I try and work out at my house right now, my kids are just completely in my space. So I do look forward to having teenagers yeah. to where they're hopefully <laughs> not bothering yeah. me with that. Yeah. 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 And then the second question is, what is something you can't stop talking about? I cannot stop talking about this book, Slate Like a Mother. Uh, It obviously just came out in March. And I would just say to anybody listening, I love nothing more than talking about this book. And the hard work is over of um, four years of rejection by a publisher, 23 publishers, you know, writing the actual book. And I'm just looking for more opportunities to talk about it. Absolutely. And where can people find you? Um, everybody can find me on Instagram at slaylikeamother.com <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and um, our website is slaylikeamother.com and also on Facebook. And uh, we've built a, a digital community around Slay Like a Mother where we've already collected and are sharing over 200 slays from other mothers. Hmm. So little tips and tricks and hacks that moms are figuring out. So um, you can sign up on slaylikeamother.com and get your inbox. Great. Well, one of the biggest takeaways I think I want to take from this is that you say there's that difference between struggling and suffering. And I really hope that other moms take that away as well, because with people like you doing this good work and writing books such as this and listening to content such as this, I think that we can make that uh, suffering much less and just, like you said, no one really wants to struggle, but it's so much better than living in suffering. Absolutely. Yep. Totally agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Thank you again to Catherine for coming on today. What do you guys think? Are you ready to slay your own dragon of self-doubt? Every day we allow that negative mean girl voice to speak louder than our confident, rational one is a day lessened. As Catherine says, there's a difference between struggling and suffering. While motherhood will contain a multitude of obstacles, we can face them more self-assured after seeking wisdom from others that have gone before us. Every accomplishment begins with the courage to just step out of your comfort zone and try. I'm gonna repeat that one more time. 
Every accomplishment begins with the courage to step out of your comfort zone and just try. So I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey, and I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.